Hey everyone, Darren aka Bombadil here. Well, the holiday season has come and gone, Community Warfare Beta is live, and we're already a week into 2015. Due to the busy holiday and much sickness that still seems to be going around, NGNG 127 got lost in the shuffle, so here it is. You can listen in as we discuss past two of the quirks, our takes on the King Crab and Gargoyle battle mechs, as well as some pre-release Community Warfare discussion as we speculate on what we think it will be like with the information that we had at the time. Now, of course, Community Warfare has been live for almost a month now, so to hear our current takes on the battle for the Inner Sphere, tune in to NGNG number 128 going live at the end of this week. Also, be sure to keep an eye and ear out for the upcoming Community Warfare roundtable-type discussions with unit leaders from both the Inner Sphere and Clan units, hopefully starting next week. This episode is brought to you by the Aces Mercenary Unit. From casual pug drops to full 12-man community warfare drops, Aces may have what you're looking for. For more information or just to say hi, visit aces-hq.com or drop in on their channel on the NGNG Outreach TeamSpeak 3 server today. If your unit would like to sponsor the podcast, contact me, Bombadil, on TeamSpeak or email me at bombadil at nogutsnogalaxy.net. And now, without further ado, let's take a trip into the past with episode number 127 for some interesting and sometimes intense discussion. Enjoy the show. No Guts, No Galaxy is recorded in front of a live studio audience. This is an adult podcast containing adult language. Consider yourself warned. You're listening to the Gamecasting Broadcast Network. Live from the outreach studios around the world, this is a No Guts, No Galaxy podcast. And now, your host, Phil, a.k.a. Sean Lang. Welcome to the No Guts, No Galaxy Podcast 127. My name is Phil, and I'm your host. Now I'm joined by Darren and today's co-host, Brandon Tyler. How are you doing, Darren? Well, as you know, I am sick, but I'm on a lot of drugs, so I'm okay at the moment. I'm glad your tummy feels better from last week. Yep, it's always something, isn't it? And what about you, Brandon? How are you doing? Doing pretty good. That's about it. i uh, got a lot of rain going on here. Uh, power outages are being reported, so there should be a fun little storm to do the podcast in. And what about you, Tyler? How are you doing? I'm doing great. Finishing up school. Almost there. Almost there. First said Div. First said Div. It's, it's not too shabby. All right, so we do have a few uh, discussion topics tonight, and we just got this, but let's go ahead and dive into this, because obviously Quirks is something to talk about. We had the Quirk Phase 1, Pass 2. So for those that uh, may be a little bit confused, the first was Pass 1, Phase 1. Uh, so this is not Phase 2 that... Uh, we've talked about and heard about but this is just past two um i want to get you guys thoughts uh we haven't whole, had a whole lot of time but i myself had some time on it last night but before i ramble on uh tyler what did you think past two did you use any of them i've not gotten to use any of those mechs yet i was busy of course with the the new mechs which we'll be talking about shortly but uh they don't seem to be as clear winners as before some mechs got slightly nerfed some got buffs. There's uh, some impressive buffs out there, like the ERPPCs on Thunderbolts. There's a new Firestarter, which might be picking up the, the, where the A left off. 
we'll see. But uh, definitely shook things up. What about you, Brennan? Did you uh, did you dive in there? No time, work, no play. Uh, a lot of work, but also I do have a little bit in it. Of course, as uh, Jaeger was saying, there were some buffs, some nerfs, and stuff like that. I found myself going to the uh, gridiron a lot just for some fun, and that uh, Gauss rifle quirk really shines out, especially when you throw the uh, Gauss rifle cooldown uh, module on it as well. It's a lot of fun. Now, Darren, I know you haven't had a ton of time, but I, I did a exclusive, like, almost, I think, four-plus-hour stream last night. I went to, like, 6.30 in the morning, and I said I was going to do that today, but I was like, you know, we got the podcast. I want to go and get more time on it. Well, Past two. now we spent all day yesterday in the King Crabs. So are you saying that this late-night stream, you were basically testing these past Only twos? quirks. Yeah, nice. I only did the quirks. So I did... The Centurion 9AL, which changed from large pulse and medium pulse to just large laser, medium laser, or generic energy. Now, some people are like, no, I wanted my WUB. You can still take the WUB. But the thing with it is, is, and, and I have to preface this, past two, if you noticed, across the board, there's only a few mechs that didn't get this treatment. But past two looked at, can we promote what the stock role is supposed to do of the mech, right? And then if it can't be done that way, what can we do that's different than the others? Prime example, Cicada 2B. Um, you, you don't want to promote mediums on it because it'll be outshined by the other ones. So what can you do that's a little bit different? So it gets the medium pulse. Okay. Well, you know, the 9AL got a, you know, energy duration on the large and then the generic. I ran it last night, thoroughly loved it. It was a completely different mech, handled completely. Um, obviously weight savings from the large pulse and the medium pulse. So I can dump it into the engine and double heat sinks. Uh, totally different mech now. Love it. Um, the gridiron, have to agree with uh, Brandon. If you haven't tried it, try it. Now, it is still a hunchback, so you have to be mindful. Uh, but I ran it with a standard 225, uh, I want to say like five and a half tons of ammo, two medium pulse, and uh, dropped the armor off the arm, the left arm. Now, the thing with that is, is it gets like a 50% boost to medium pulse laser range. Um, so it's actually really effective just with two medium pulse. And uh, it caught a lot of people off by surprise, and uh, you just need ammo. Now, you could run an XL in it, but you're pushing your bounds as far as luck because of the left torso. Anyways, but uh, really enjoyed it. The Centuri 9A has a AC-10, and this is where, again, the changes you'll see in Pass 2 promote the stock, but they also still work for, if you're doing the three SRM-6s with two medium pulse, has the laser duration and the missile weapon cooldown. So it still does that. But now it's promoting that use of that particular weapon, which I think is awesome. Like, why not? Like, why why not do that? And if it still benefits the mech down the road um, in higher tier play, then I think it's one win. But the reality of it is the Scent 9A isn't used anymore in comp teams. I mean, at least at the higher level, Tyler. I mean, you can you guys take Shadowhawks or Stormcrows. You don't take the, the Scent. I mean, there's no... No, it's not even there, right? So I think across the board a lot of people were excited i've seen mixed reactions about the dragons some people are saying hey we really like the one c generic but then you have other people complaining so i think it's it's just one of those things where um, past two did a little bit better job refining but you also haven't seen the other mechs uh ryan's got a huge overhaul i know that um the victors obviously got some quirk shadowhawks got any every mech got quirk so even the the merimets changed as far as the thing so i'm really looking forward to the rest of them coming out um, but for this quirk past two, I think it's it's a really good thing of looking at um, how how can we promote the use of these mechs in the role. And I know some people, Tyler, 
you guys would argue, well, don't promote stock builds. That's horrible. Stock builds are horrible. But we've talked about this in length, too, of the hard points of mechs get doesn't necessarily mean, like, that's how it should be used by everyone, right? I mean, but some people could be like, well, an AC-10 on the Centurion is, is uh, 9A is, is more lore than three SRMs and two medium pulse, right? So, <laughs> Was there a question there? Well, no, I was just, I, you know, I mean, I understand wanting to do, uh, if you were to design the game based off of what the mech is capable of, and then that's, that's where it's sort of, I think it, it's sort of tough, right? Like, what is the mech capable of? because of hard points and where are those hard points created it was created by someone um at pgi um and it was done to make each variant different well that has gameplay implications across the board you didn't have hard points in battletech they're they're created by for mwo by pgi so do you promote the you know quirks based on what the mech can possibly take and prime example is the um dragon one one and no five and five in you know uh, it had ac2 quirks and er large quirks but the reality of it is it comes stock with the uac um some, somebody's like well it can't take two uacs true but i know in phase two um they're going to be able to implement uh, a jam rate and jam time as far as duration on uacs individually so you can imagine if a dragon got that and its jam rate was reduced uh that uac5 on that dragon becomes very very strong but if someone still wants to, they can still take three AC2s. But from, from the feedback from the community, to take three UAC, AC2s, it just wasn't it, it, it just wasn't worth it. So I don't know. It does, do you boost what it's capable of or do you boost what it's supposed to do in Battletech? And I think that was one of the um, complaints from a lot of people on the, the first pass one. A lot of people were saying, well, some mechs you did, some mechs you didn't. Um, why? And so I think this past two, you'll see that it, it went through and if possible, promoted the stock sort of uh, role it had. And then it said, okay, well, we can't do that. And well, what can we do with it? That's different. So I don't know. I, I like it. Um, I like the changes. I played with a lot of them last night. Um, I haven't done the victors yet or any of the heavies. I haven't tried the, uh, the Thunderbolt 9S that you were talking about, but I've heard a lot of good things about it. But I will say this. I used the Vindicator last night. I don't even have those elited yet. You can pop tart with those. Yes, pop tart. Two PPCs on a Vindicator 1A going 116 kph, and you can pop tart with them. And the velocity, I was hitting targets at like a thousand meters. It was amazing. And that's where, again, I'll come back to this is why I like the quirk system. It's because if you were to broadly change, like if you were to change PPCs in general with an increased velocity, it has a disproportionate change for assaults and heavies because they can boat heavy amounts of them and this is where i still like the quirk system because it basically says you know what that vindicator needs to perform a little bit better it's built for ppcs let's make it a little bit more viable with ppcs and it doesn't affect other mechs which would then cause some imbalancing issues so i like that yeah it's micro tuning it's fine tuning you know at a closer level i totally agree and i agree with what you said before or at least my viewpoint is that I think MWO should always reference the Battletech lore and the universe when it can. Um, but that's, you know, definitely 
dependent. Ultimately, this is a video game and what I want for this, while always keeping the, the lore and the tabletop and novels or whatever in mind, because that adds to, you know, the layers of the game and makes it a better game. I think we need to balance this as a video game. And sometimes that's going to diverge from what uh, some of our some of us old timers, you know, kind of stick to. Well, and I'm not proposing you stick to tabletop values. I'm not even. I'm saying no. I know. As far as the novels and and yep. what it's talked about, all and, encompassing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, um, the quirk pass two. Uh, Tyler, we were talking about this on the last podcast. Um, you, you, we talked about basically. You, you think to balance clan versus is, buff the is using quirks. Uh, you know, and um, I would like to to suggest. Uh, I think quirks. The, the structure and armor increases we've seen on a few, but structure for the most part, I think that should be on a mech-to-mech basis. Um, I don't think we should boost all mechs. Uh, you know, I thought about this a little bit more. I don't think you should boost ISN clan um, internal structure dramatically. I think it should be on a case-by-case basis. I think some mechs are going to be high deep damage DPS, but they don't have, you know, as much uh, damage-soaking abilities where some mechs can take some hits. And keep trudging, and uh, we're going to be talking about one of those mechs in shortly. But uh, let me ask you uh, guys, while we're on this topic, is is there any quirks that you'd like to see? And obviously, we've we've heard about uh, weapon families are coming. By the way, uh, jam chance, jam rate, all that uh, duration, all that can be changed. Um, missile velocity, uh, missile speed, or missile velocity, uh, missile spread is one of those. Um, by the way, if you missed that, weapon family quirks uh, apply to that family. So, for instance, you can have a pulse laser family. You can have a medium laser, which medium and medium pulse. AC family, it doesn't apply to GOSS, LB, or UACs, those that have their own families. So you can see where some mechs would benefit from specific, some would benefit from a combination, and some benefit from just a generic across the board. But we also have in Phase 2 movement quirks. Um, that uh, are going to change how they feel. And one thing to keep in mind, too, Phase 2 is going to start implementing negative quirks, too. Um, So you're going to start seeing those. So you may have a mech that's really, really strong, maybe offensively, but it's a little weak in the movement or, you know, survivability aspect, where you may have a mech that's really good on maneuverability uh, or a mech that's low on maneuverability get buffed because it doesn't have a whole lot of, you know, uh, offensive capability. So it sort of tries to make up for that. Um, you've got uh, AMS quirk is another thing they can do. There, there's a ton of stuff, but that's phase two. But uh, I guess my question is: Is there any quirks that you guys would like to see? Uh, yes. Could I uh, could I get a shortened charge time on my ghost rifles? I actually think I think that's in there. I think that's a possibility. Hell yeah! I didn't think that was an issue though. Even with the gridiron that cooldown. Oh no! I, I'm, dude, the cooldown's fine. So I just hate having. I, I want my old ghost rifles. I want instant quick satisfaction. Yeah, that was different, wasn't it? Still waiting on increasing ghost eat limits for certain weapons, like the awesome AQ being able to fire three PPCs without ghost eat, for instance. I do believe that's available as well in phase two. So as long as we're granting wishes. No, no, I honestly, like I, I've, I've no, talked I to him about that. So that's why um, another thing is like uh, getting rid of ghost eat for AC2s, like on the BJ, would dramatically help it, or any mech Big that time. takes it. Uh, but um, I think a lot of people want to see specific uh, AC2 mechs be able to come back. You know, the Jaeger, the BJ. Well, you know, someone brings up uh, Dyrus in chat, brings up Acceleration DXL for boost for the Vindy. I think that's where Phase 2 and the movement quirks really 
you know, you've got the, the one AA that's the fastest of all the Vindies. And because of how the movement system is applied, the bigger the engine, the more agile and, and responsive your mech is. Well, the other three can only take like a, I forget what it is, 235 at 250. They're extremely slower compared to the one AA. So I think that's where, you know, you can buff Excel, DXL, but, um, you know, or, or turn rate, turn speed, torso twist speed and stuff like that. I would love to see the engine be desynced from the, the movement uh, and then quirks being applied based on possibly their their roles, right? Do you guys have any other quirks? Is there anything else that on your wish list for uh, the holidays? No, that's good. No, that, that sounds pretty good to me. Let's move on. All right, moving on to yesterday's uh, release, the Gargoyle and the King Crab. Built a lot of hype with this. Uh, just want to also note that uh, if you're listening and you saw the previews for the King Crab and Gargoyle, that is how every single mech that uh, we, if if possible, the uh, previews will be. I'll give you all the screenshots you want. I'll give you footage of an inaction. I'll make sure Brandon takes a, 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 a better loadout on some of his mechs. <clears throat> Apparently, we got called out, Brennan, because you were you were taking underperforming. Oh no! Max. How dare I have fun? I know, All right? <laughs> um, but uh, I just want to let you guys know. Uh, me and Darren sat down with uh, you know Matt Newman over there and basically said, you know, hey, they want this kind of stuff. Let's give it to them. Why not? I mean, they want it. They're going to get it anyways. They'd prefer to have it a little bit ahead of time. Well, and, to go uh, even further, this is what we've been wanting to do forever. I mean, it's just been a matter of you know the. People sometimes I've, don't understand behind the scenes what it takes to get this stuff going and rolling and get it out to you. But uh, this is exactly what we've been wanting to do for a long time. Now we have the green, full green light to do it. I, I I know I've been screaming in the background for a really long time to do this. Well, and to sort of let you guys know, those previews, me and Darren weren't able to actually shoot any footage until that Friday. So that Friday, so I worked all day Saturday to get you the King Crab and Friday night and then Sunday and Monday to do the Gargoyle because... How it works is, you know, stuff starts hitting the the internal builds. Well, because the, you know, Community Warfare build is on a a certain build, we weren't able to get that right off the bat. So usually we have about two weeks, whereas that one, we knew what was coming out on Tuesday. We couldn't say anything. Um, So we sort of had a rush and stuff like that. But I will say, I think it's really important. But let's let's talk about the mechs. Um, Let's talk. Tyler, Gargoyle, go. (laughs) All right, then. Uh, Gargoyle, 80 ton clan mech, fastest assault mech that you can take, essentially. I mean, the Victors previously could do XL400s as well, but it's not advisable. You can't get much on them, which is also a problem with the Gargoyle. You don't have as much pod space as its competitors like the Timberwolf, and uh, it's got about as much as the Summoner. So uh, it's unfortunately overshadowed by its 75 ton brother, the Timberwolf, but it still has its uses, and you just have to leverage the speed of the assault mech it's really terrible in a brawl from what i've seen it's it needs to be sitting like trying to pull range on things and engage uh unfortunately most of your builds will be using lasers because it just doesn't have the pod space or good enough hard points to be able to utilize missile or ballistic weapons properly so it has some severe limitations but it's definitely fun and it'll be a mech that i play quite often do you have a particular build that you ended up using more, Jaeger? I think the best build on it's going to end up being eight ER medium lasers with twenty-seven double heat sinks, targeting computer one. Jeez. We're, hold on. Uh, so there's built-in heat sinks though in that particular. Yeah, right? you got sixteen. You got six in your engine, full six for the yeah. two four hundred XL. So 
I was expecting you not to like it because I don't know because I I hate it. Well, I, he didn't say he liked it. He just said he could have some fun okay. in it. Yeah. I, I, let me let me ask you another question. As comp teams, would you ever take this in a comp match? Probably not, unless there's some weird restrictions in a league. Run, hunt, or die. No. Community <laughs> warfare. From what we know right now, no. Okay. And the reason being is, from my experiences last night, I dropped three matches in it, and that was enough, uh, at least solo play. Uh, low slung arms. Um, a lot of the times, any target that wasn't direct line of sight, and God forbid you had any type of terrain in front of you in front of the target, even though you had clear line of sight, you'd hit it. Um, super frustrating. And that's a super just annoyance across the board. Uh, two, it's one build I think is going to be the dominant, and that's the seven or eight ER mediums, and that's it. Because you you can do one heavy ballistic, and then a few handful of energy, and that's it. Close range brawl, eh, might as well just no, it's not going to work. Um, another issue I have with it is it it has no left or right torso, so you can't spread it out. It's not like you can strip the armor off the arm, save weight or anything like that. It's it's just to me it's yes it's a xl 400 but it's disproportionate what you're getting out of the xl for the weight put into it to the payload and this is where i look at it i think it's just outshadowed by the timberwolf i mean like and especially if let's just say you can only take three assaults you wouldn't take it you, you would take a direwolf or even a warhawk um and then you'd have timberwolves timberwolves will outperform that thing in every single way shape or form now that being said do you guys feel like like I, I don't I'm just gonna toss this out here it may be controversial but in that particular instance of that particular mech do you think it would be crazy to give it uh, like it would be more of a tank a, you know it can't do a ton of damage right but it can take a lot more hits I mean would it be crazy to give it some type of internal structure buff on the arms and even possibly torsos I'd be fine with that yeah if it's taking more of a tanking role um I'd be perfectly fine with giving it some sort of buff like that. You're talking about quirks on Clan Max, right? I mean, that's what you're saying. Yeah, and we're going to be talking about that shortly in particular. But I guess what I'm saying is I just, I feel like if you look at the Clan Assaults, the Direwolf is the, the, the top of the food chain. It has the most armor you can take. Uh, it's 100 tons, obviously. And it also has the largest payload available to any of the Clan Assaults. Um... The Warhawk is a good combination of speed, but it also still has enough firepower and payload to be able to do. Now you get down to the Gargoyle, it has all the speed, but doesn't have as much firepower. So I almost feel like it's a trade-off, and there is a certain limit to what speed will get you, right? Especially an Assault that's that... I mean, it's not huge, but it's definitely big. And I feel like it just... It's as tall as an Atlas, which yeah, I'm not a huge fan of, unfortunately. But it is skinny. Why's it got to be so big? Profile. Yeah. But I guess that's what I'm saying is, if it's if you're never going to take it in a comp match, or if you're never going to take it and it can it can't compete. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, um, would it be crazy to have a role of hey, it's never going to do a huge amount of damage, but maybe its role is to hold down you know targets, or is there a role currently, even with the current uh, mech how it is with the no changes, is there a role out there maybe in community warfare where? You want to get up to certain points quicker, and so you take a 90-ton assault mech that can keep up with the heavies and mediums. You know, that is something that we've we've heard you guys talk about a lot of times with the comp scene or even at high-level play of direwolves just get left behind, and so they get killed, so you don't take them. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to, no matter what we do, obviously, I think we're going to see a very limited number of mechs ultimately being used in community warfare. I mean, maybe um, more than we would have in the past without the quirk systems and so forth. But I still think it's going to come down to that, in you know, total fine-tuning science where it's going to be, you know, a very small number of mechs in, in most drop decks. And that's something we're going to be talking about later. Um, but I definitely think that if we're talking clan quirks, the gargoyle, is a strong candidate for getting something. I just think it's weak and it's boring. Um, I, I guess that's... Is that bad? It is boring. I mean... You're bad. Stormcrow. Lasers. The, I mean, everything. Uh, Ice Fair. Lasers. I mean, Mad Dog. I mean, well, Mad Dog's... No. Timberwolf. Lasers. Direwolf. La- I mean, d- we keep seeing this over. I know we talked about this last time of how strong lasers are, but I mean, it's... it's. I think it needs the love. same thing. And it looks like a teddy bear, so let's love our teddy bears. Maybe we'll see something happen, but let's Petal talk bear. about the exciting one. Yeah, I know. You know what, dude? Whoever <laughs> said that on Reddit ruined that mech for me. <laughs> That's all I can see now. But uh, my docs agree. Let's uh, talk about the king crab. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go first because uh, I have a different opinion about this than Tyler. Go figure. Go. I streamed for an entire like almost four hours yesterday when the patch came out and had a blast in this mech. From dual goss, dual peep, to SRMs, to hill humping with the, the energy hard points, to, to AC20s. I had huge success yesterday um, in it, and thoroughly, and you know, I don't pilot assaults, you guys know that. So for me to take a 100-tonner and enjoy myself, that was a, that was a pretty big step in, in uh, the right direction, some would say. But uh, one, love the aesthetics. And I would say this... That, uh, I think aesthetically, we see a lot of the newer mechs, they just look better than the old ones. Like, all the geometry and, and textures. Like, the, the King Crab, there's so many details in the mech. And then I look at, like, the Atlas and Awesome and Banshees, and I'm like, meh. Wow, these, these do look sort of old and archaic and meh. But, well, uh, I mean, this mech was designed by Kerensky himself, so I'm of just course saying, it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was uh, super awesome. Hard points up top. Huge benefit to hill humping. Yes. Uh, it's got a huge helipad on top of the mech, though. So, uh, <laughs> people kept trying to land on. I did. I was shooting people from top down, and it was sitting there <laughs> left and right torso and CT. So, there is that. But it, I think it's the ice equivalent to the direwolf. If you're facing it, it's going to deliver some punishing damage, especially in a one to one or where it's, it's left untouched. It can definitely deliver that. Um, but I think it's just like the direwolf where it can easily be chewed through and die, uh, you know, fast enough. But I had a great time. I mean, four hours of streaming. That's all I did was the King Crab last, uh, yesterday. But, uh, yeah, anyways, uh, I, kudos. I love the, the arms, the, the snap open of the arms automatically. Um, there was people that were totally confused. I don't understand how the ballistic, dude. We had the technology in World War One where we can make a machine gun, you know, shoot through the propellers of a plane flying. We, come on. It doesn't take a whole lot of science. But um, I just want to note, people were bitching, complaining about the, the the gun tube size of not being sh- like these huge disproportionate gun tubes. Guys, it's, a, it's an AC-20. It's not shooting cars out of the damn mech. Like, it's not... The shooting. original. But what if I wanted to shoot cars? Dude, it's not a battleship shooting. You know, the original AC twenty model ruined it for everybody. I'm telling you, like, ah, uh, but uh, no, love it. 
I think they did a great job. I think that uh, it's definitely a mech here to stay. I don't think it's voided the Atlas. I know some people were worried about that. I think it's Atlas is a completely different beast. Um, but uh, So yeah. you think it's a contender, and you're saying Tyler here thinks otherwise? He hates it. Go, Tyler. Oh, I don't hate it. I'm he just... hates it. Haters going to hate. <laughs> it definitely is going to help out the inner sphere uh, it's in everything it does from now on. Whereas before, people were taking the Atlas to do their, well, from time to time, some longer-range ballistic stuff, or the Banshee. The King Crab, yeah, is a contender for those roles. The Banshee might still be a little bit better when using ballistics on a kind of a hill-humping kind of deal. Its ballistic hard points go higher. But the, the King Crab is a good mech. It's just not nearly as good as a Dire Wolf, unfortunately. And that's the thing we have to compare it to. I think that was the thing it was designed to compete with, correct? So Direwolf just puts out more damage. Uh, it has a safe, well, safe XL. Where you lose side torso, you don't die. It can put out more firepower. So Crab, it's great. It looks awesome. Uh, not so sure on the geometry. I need to fight it more to know how the hitboxes work exactly. But it uh, doesn't stack up to the Direwolf, unfortunately. But now, what you're talking about there, I think, is a general kind of clan versus IS discrepancy. Do we have any uh, equal weight size comparison where you think that the Inner Sphere version uh, does measure up? Light. Yeah, light mix. So, like the what Firestarter versus? Well, okay, so the, okay, but we know pretty much across the board that the Inner Sphere lights are underpowered, right? But uh, no, but, Inner Sphere lights to clan lights. Beat that's what I meant. Lights. I meant clan lights are underpowered. Sorry, it's the uh, NyQuil. But um, but what? Okay, mediums, heavies, and assaults. Are there any in those chassis or weight classes that? that oh sure. I mean, are Thunderbolt, equal? Thunderbolt can uh, do some damage. Cataphracts do. It's it's no, always no, no, situational. No, the, the, but if you're talking a heavy, is there anything that stacks up to the Timberwolf in our sphere side? Thunderbolt Five SS is the closest thing, and it doesn't quite get there, but it's damn strong. So I think that maybe with some more balancing between the whole inner sphere versus clans, that maybe that will bring the king crab more on, on level. Well, and that's why I was saying is, last time we were talking about this last week is, instead of buffing even more damage towards it, like the five SS damage potential is, I mean it's 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 a beast. It'll slice right through you. The thing that the clan mechs and the timberwolf still have over, and granted, we're talking about a seventy-five ton clan mech that has Indo Pharaoh. Right, it's supposed to be at the top of the food chain as far as that. Plus, it has amazing hard points, uh, you know, location and all that, compared to a 65 tonner IS mech. So I almost feel like the, the the Thunderbolt is where it should be for 65 tons. I think if you were to compare, or you know, apples to apples, is you have to then look at 75 ton IS mechs. And currently, mm-hmm. then we have the Orion. Now, the Orion didn't get the past two quirks in right now. There, I've seen them. I've seen the changes. Um, and it's quite significant. Um, I know the um, the M still kept the LB, but it all got generics, everything else. The UAC. Anyways, you guys will just have to see them, but it got a lot of generic buffs, so it allowed the player to choose. But the issue with it is Pharaoh and Indo is very unlikely on any mech above a light for IS because it takes up 28 crit spaces. That's just not plausible on a heavy with multiple different weapon systems. You just don't have the crit space. So in reality, you're going to have double heat sinks and you're going to have endo steel on the Orion. So then you have to fight against, well, 
you know, what is an Orion as far as its roles on the battlefield? Does it do that? And that's where I feel like uh, mechs like uh, the Grasshopper or other 70 to 75 ton mechs, IS mechs have to come on the field to be sort of a contender um, against the clan equivalent. Um, I mean... Agreed. Brandon, what was your experience with the uh, KC? I had a lot of fun with it. I'm still trying to iron out builds for it. Um, that's about it. I've only got the one. I'm waiting for the others to go on for C builds, but so I only got to play around with the special variant. I think you just have a lot of flexibility that, uh, you know, obviously dual ballistics in each arm on all the mechs are up to six. You've got the four UAC five build. That's just a lot of DPS. Uh, you have the dual twenties, dual goss. Um, you can do six AC twos if you want. Um, but you know, that's where, again, you know, that's its bonus, but its weakness is, I would say is to bring any of those ballistics to bear. It does have to expose its entire up, upper torso Whereas the Atlas, even though it may be weaker in the ballistic because it can only take really, you know, one AC-20, it has a higher mounted AC-20, and the SRMs are pretty good mounted. So I, I feel like they're two different things. Uh, the Atlas, for the most part, is going to be... It, it's a normal build, can usually run the 360 with it um, fully decked out. So I, th- I think they both have teach their own. Um, I think they can grab that hill humping ability with those, those high mounted energy. I think that's going to be big. Um, and then obviously the, the missiles uh, and hard points on that, but um, I think it's a, I think it's just a cool looking mech, and it's, it's got it's a, a great animation for the walking. And kudos, I like it. It's a really wide mech as well. I just want to point out that on Frozen City, I got stuck in the dropship on it. <laughs> nice. Someone just said they saw like King Crab with six machine guns. Why? Wow. There's there's a couple aces guys running that just for troll mechs because we want the piranha and we want it now. Uh, yeah, yeah, wrong way to do that. In saw myself a six machine gun and like four LRM ten crab yesterday. People are already shoving LRMs on it. Uh, XL engines? Yes, no. I would say no. I don't think it's worth it. No, nah. it's dangerous. Things side torsos are big. I even have trouble finding its center torso a few times and end up hitting side. Yeah, I, I've said no to XLs. Uh, I killed so many of them this morning, last night. Some builds but, uh, people want to throw on that thing require an XL, though. And I don't know, there's almost an incentive to do it because you have AC-20s you can put in your arms or four UAC-5s. So you can fit an XL, but yeah, it's probably not going to be a good idea. I feel like survivability is a big thing to assaults, and if you take that away, meh. Just it doesn't the firepower doesn't outweigh the survivability factor, but I, do I know feel, it's always situational. I do feel a little guilty for wanting to try that four times UAC five build. Do it, do it's it now. Fun. Yeah, now you can do that with a standard engine. I did that yesterday. Yeah, that's. Uh, I never put an XL into anything above like sixty tons because I always get paranoid to get get about getting cords somewhere. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to the next topic. And speaking of quirks, let's talk about the summoner now. Summoner, Nova, and Mistlink's got uh, some quirks. Mistlink's got survivability to its uh, structure on its arms, its legs. I think this is needed. I think uh, I, have n- I have no problem with that. Um, I actually have no problem with the Nova. It's it got a sleet, slight heat gen, but uh, I have issue with the Nova in this regard. I feel like if you're giving the heat gen on the left and right torso, it should have it should take away something slightly. 
And I know that may be controversial, but if you're getting... The clan weapons are strong as is, right? And we know that. It needs to lose range, or it needs to have increased duration, or a combination of both on that left and right arm. Like, if you're getting the, the heat gen, I feel like you should lose a little bit of range, or you should have increased duration or combo. Because right now, we saw them when they first came out, and they were extremely OP. Um, and it, it's a thin line of, if you just give, 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 um, they're already it's already an OP mech, I mean, for the most part. Once you throw on X amount of mediums, it's going to just rip apart mechs again. It's like 30 damage alpha here, 30 here. The way I saw it is that, um, or at least the way I think it should be, is that I would like to see the quirks, instead of being on the, com the Omnipod components, would be locked into the CT, and that way your the different Novas would be varying. It's just not a mix and match to get the best. I see what you mean. Yeah, and then what yeah. you can do. So you're, so you're locking it to the chassis itself. So no matter what omnipods you put on it, the quirks are always going to be unique to that variant. You're not going to mix and match for the best combination. Well, what I mean, and someone was asking me the Nova is OP question mark. It was OP when it first came out, and if you look at, if you take six ear medium still on it right now, plus these heat, you're going to be able to fire, 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 and that, that's why I'm saying it's a thin line to to buff without taking something away from it. I guess, you know, I mean, I'm not saying you nerf the range by 50%. I'm saying if you're going to give it efficiency to be able to fire and fire and fire, then it needs to detract somewhere. Um, that, that's where I'm a little hesitant, especially on something that can boat so many ER mediums. And we've seen what those things can do um, in solo and group play with relatively ease. Um, it doesn't take a whole lot to, to, to rack up some points with those. But... Uh, wouldn't Summoner. you say that having, just real quickly on the Nova, having all of its weapon systems in the arms, though, is a huge detriment? Yeah, that I would its... say, yeah, but I would have preferred to see uh, an internal structure buff on the arms mm -hmm. than, you know, giving it, you know, whatever it is, 20% or 10% reduction in heat uh, without anything else. I mean... Yeah. All right, Summoner. Uh, Summoner. Uh, it got speed, quirks, uh, got a speed boost. It goes 93 kph. And I want to ask you guys, someone asked me this in chat last night, and I wanted to get your opinion. Is this a dangerous precedent to just give a mech a, a speed boost like this? With It basically steps outside the engine size. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, can't, I couldn't believe to see that we saw this. It not only got very significant mobility and agility buffs, but that speed buff, I did not see that coming. And, I mean, it help, does help make up for... Uh, the locked-in jump jets, I guess, helps make up for that a little bit. You get a little more out of your engine. But, uh, yeah, that's that's like a significant amount of almost free tonnage in engine that it's getting. And, I don't know, we'll see if they start applying this to more clan mechs. I guess it would be applied more to clan mechs because they are... Uh, they can't change their engines, but, I don't know, we might see it in other mechs that could take mask and can't now or something. I don't know. Well, first of all, I love the summoner, so I, I'm kind of torn on it. But yeah, I, I don't really agree to bumping up speed on something. I think it still should be dictated by the engine. Um, the agility quirks and stuff like that, that's fine. The speed, though, I'm going to disagree with. I don't like that sort of thing. Uh, I don't think I have a final uh, opinion. Um... I feel like I need to, to watch and see, but I can tell you it totally makes me nervous. It just seemed totally out of left field, and I'm approaching it very cautiously. My opinion, I don't like it. 
don't give it a speed boost. Keep to your rules. Give it structure increase. And I think that's what it could do with. The one issue with the summoner is, for the most part, it can't bring enough firepower compared to the Hellbringer or the Timby. Um, basically, the summoner is pretty much the Hellbringer, really. I mean, it, you know, as far as tonnage for payload. Um, so I feel like if you're going to do anything, give it agility boost and give it structure boost where it needs it. In its arms, okay. You know, or in its legs, can make it be able to turn a little bit quicker. All right, maybe acceleration, deacceleration. That's fine. I, I think that's actually a great thing. But breaking the, the rules there, it's the only mech that has that right now. I don't I don't agree one bit. I, it, it needs to be removed, needs to be replaced, and I, I think it. I don't think it's a slippery slope. I just think it's one of those things where, well, why is that one mech getting a boost? Is it the offensive capabilities? Is it the defensive capabilities? Is it the maneuverability that's uh, lacking? Well, I think it's because it can't bring enough firepower, so it gets outshined by the, the Timberwolf or the Hellbringer. It has fixed you know, jump jets, so it takes away from the payload there. So give it those buffs, but not speed court. I, I, don't, I don't like it at all. All right, let's go ahead and move on to Community Warfare Invasion Mode now. This is the 240-ton drop deck. And the reason this is brought up, because obviously we're not even, uh, what, a week away? We're six days away from, you know, this potentially coming out. Um, this is, you know, a concern for the comp teams, but I also think it should be concern for um, everyone out there. Concern of just, is this going to be the final? And uh, what does this mean? Um, there's not going to be any, like, rules or restrictions, really, right? It's 240 tons, and you bring whatever you want, right? So At this point, yes. Tyler, you know, specifically you wanted to talk about this and I think it's a good topic. What are what are your concerns with this or what do you see being a concern? Was that not knowing what map you're going into or not knowing uh, what kind of a fight you're going to get, you're going to make a drop deck with your mechs with the most viable mechs for a long extended fight. And from the clan side, that's obviously three Stormcrows and one Timberwolf that makes up 240 tons. And I just have a really big fear that this is going to make the game a little game mode a little bit stagnant. Is if you're taking the same drop deck every single time, uh, you'll get the most bang for your buck out of those mechs, especially if you're just boating energy weapons. You can go for a long time and wear the enemy down. Uh, you don't have to rely on ammunition. Now, if it was there was different weights on different planets that you need to make up your drop deck for, so on... Uh, one world it's 240 tons and on another it's 280 or so uh, that would be interesting you think about taking different mechs but uh, I think for the most part if you're really trying to compete and take these worlds for your clan or for your faction you're gonna want to take these really optimal mechs and it doesn't leave much room for uh, going outside of that take, taking up a hundred ton mech would make you then have to take a potentially weaker light mech that wouldn't be as useful in the in the game mode. So I'm just worried about the game mode becoming a little bit stagnant. So now, yeah. how would you? I'm sorry. How would you propose um, determining what planets get what? You know, drop deck weight size, and then also, what about? Would you be open to um, it being random? Like you set up the battle, and then it tells you what the drop deck's going to be. Oh, from so from drop to drop, and then you adjust around that. That'd be interesting. It'd but, be on the fly. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Uh, but I don't know. I, I assume it would probably end up being some arbitrary value for each planet getting a certain amount of tonnage. 
but uh, unless there's some kind of, I don't know, lore reason or if if you're going to drop on one map, it favors a more light mech approach. I don't know. I haven't seen the map, so I can't comment exactly. But it's a lot of lot of information that we'd like to see, and I guess we'll see next week. Well, I guess the question is, that's only for four mechs. If you're dropping in a 12-man, is it you know, times three? Is that what that is, that number? And would that mean we basically see just a ton of Storm Crows and Timberwolves, and that's it? Wait, is that what? what? No, when Wait, you, you when you're about? when you're dropping down, when you're setting, oh, everybody sets up their yeah, own yeah, individual gotcha. drop deck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, that would be across the board, though, right? So everyone would take that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just see, I don't know. You just see twelve storm no, no, crows no. take the field or something, and they just kite the enemy around Mongolian style or something. I don't know. It's going to look weird. He's saying it would be across the board because everybody individually would be picketing, picketing, picking those three or those four mechs that that's going to be the most efficient drop deck uh for clan mechs and so therefore that's what everybody's going to select and i agree that's going to happen i mean it's it's i don't know i think it's it is going to we're going to have to see a mix up of the drop deck size i think you know i'm kind of interested in the the random thing and and having to select them on the fly um but i don't know i i'd like to hear more suggestions ideas that people have well here's the issue you have you're going to have two cues you're going to have well actually technically you have like four, right? You, you're going to have public solo, and you have public group. And there's no rules in public group. If you have a take 12 man, the only rules right now are four by three. That's it. So, you know, um, now you're going to have faction, right? And you're going to have groups, and you're going to have solo players, you know, being, you know, put together and blah, blah, blah. Well, is there a tonnage limit for a team for a 12 man or an eight man or a seven man? Or, you know, any combination. Is there tonnage limits for that entire team? And if there isn't, if it's just based on an individual, then, yeah, you're basically just going to see bin maxing and it's going to be very boring. uh, Well, right now the tonnage limit is 240 times 12. Well, and that's what I'm saying is unless you were to say you have, well, you have to take uh, or you don't have to take one light, one medium, one heavy and one assault. But here's the thing would the players rebel about having more restrictions and that's the thing is they want 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 but yeah but when com- you don't when you don't have anything taken away guess what you're going to get you're going to get 12 storm crows you're going to get 12 timberwolves you're going to get you know just stupid amounts of those type of mechs and we're talking about some of the 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 best clan mechs out there right for tonnage to weight to performance ratio and then what is the game, is, yeah. Yeah, and what is I? You're gonna. What are you gonna be fighting the Stormcrows and Timberwolves with, right? And so, just keep that in mind when we're dropping as IS, defending the IS, whatever. You're gonna be going up against potentially right now as of right now three Stormcrows and one person's drop deck and a Timberwolf, which means you know across to bring board, a lot what, of ammo. Thirty six Stormcrows yeah. and you know twelve Timberwolves in a potential and a you know if if it's over the course of how you know it's. That's boring yeah. to me. And if you think you can take a king crab or something to fight against that, that's that's your one mech. You're going to get one king crab, or you get, I guess you could do two king crabs and a two locusts or something like that. But then, I mean, you got locusts. And I know th- that there's people for performance uh, for performance reasons on their computers that don't pilot light mechs. They can only pilot assault mechs, things like that. They'll only be able to bring uh, I don't know one or two assault mechs, and then they have to bring some of the lighter stuff to counter that in their 240 drop deck so it's going to be rough for people that just want to play assault they won't be able to but now of course that's that's where pgi has to say 
while either you have to take one light, one medium, one heavy, and one assault on you know your 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 drop deck. Um, or well, the problem with that is that there'd still be optimized drop builds. I know, but you're always gonna have a well, what it like well, but because would I rather go up against a Kit Fox, a, a Timberwolf? You know what I'm saying? Would I rather go up against a, a Kit Fox, um, a Stormcrow, a Timberwolf, and a Direwolf? Than three storm crows and one timberwolf. Choose your poison. But I mean, that's the type of thing we got. We're dealing with right now. Well, keep in mind, oh. too, guys, that we're talking about drop decks, and that doesn't mean that you're going to field all four mechs necessarily. There's all kinds of things that can happen to match. And will people build their drop decks going? You know what? I may not get to my third or fourth mech, um, and therefore they put two really strong mechs in there. And you know, I don't know how it's going to wash out. That's the thing. These I... these matches can go a lot of different ways they can go fast they can take a long time and i'm interested to see if people build their drop decks going you know what i'm not gonna die i i like the idea of uh the tonnage restrictions um stuff like that maybe add an incentive for dropping under tonnage so if you drop at like 200 instead of 240 maybe you get a kickback on both c bills and uh loyalty points or something like that and that way if you can kind of gamble with what you think you're going to be able to win with, and then no, reward not, based no, off of won't that happen. Game. Won't happen from the competitive standpoint because winning is the only importance. Doesn't matter how many C bills you're making, uh, SGR lords, all these top groups, aces, all of you guys. Winning is the only thing, and so your monetary in- incentive in community warfare isn't there. You're going to be making your C bills on pug play. That's that's where you make your C bills in community warfare. Winning is the only thing that matters at the end of the day. Um, And I'm not saying that individually. I'm saying that as, you know, talking to all the groups, that's what matters. And so what if I earn C-bills and you lose the match? Like, you just lost your planet. That's, that's, no. Yeah, I think C-bills are very secondary. Experience very secondary. But I guess that's what I'm saying is right now, right, you have people pitched a fit when they couldn't choose what maps or game modes they were dropping in, right? But they're getting everything else, right? Now you're going into community warfare. I think there's just going to be a lot of tears. That's what I think what's going to happen. Now, granted, I do think clans aren't going to steamroll over everyone because I do think uh, basically the IS sides are, there's just going to be so many IS teams. You know, you take one planet as a clan, you're going to lose three potentially. So I don't think it's going to, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. That's just. You're saying, because I heard you mention this in the last podcast. It was very interesting listening to you guys argue about this. And I'm, I can't wait to see what, what happens. But Phil, you're basically thinking that there's way more inner sphere people in the gen yep. pop. Oh, yeah. See, I feel and, like all the younger people are all clans. I feel like the older people are inner sphere. But I feel like there's more young people. Well, here, here's my issue, and 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 I've talked to Tyler about it, and uh, you know I've talked to a few other comp players. Look, if I'm if I'm really good at something, in my opinion, you go in clan. It's just cheese mode. It's a cake. Yeah, but you know and, what? Dude, no, hold on. Hey, no, I heard on. you That's, say that. This is my personal opinion. I think if you're a good player and you're a good team, you're taking the easy road, right? And it, it, now, granted, we're talking about RP as RP. Right values, uh, you know the same thing could be said about Tyler. You know, what do you believe in? What is your your alias? You know, believe in as, as far as like what does your mech warrior stand for? Right now, they're not playing by RP. They're just playing by you know, well, what's the best mech? And okay, well, that's where we're gonna go. To me personally, community warfare is about role playing, and it's just the easy road. 
that that's that's all it is and i'm just being honest and open with people and there's nothing against i'm not saying you're bad people i'm not saying you're 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 you know i just feel like it's just it's i feel like though what you're saying first of all what you're saying right there i think is very personal i don't think you can get an entire unit to say hey let's all be boy scouts and go the underdog Uh, no it happened in the past but you know what is it going to be house of lords is it going to be sjr is it going to be any of these teams that are on the very top and i think the ones that are on the very top they're going to be competitive and they're not going to go guys let's do the right thing they're going to say fuck that let's fucking win it has has nothing to do with the right thing what i'm what i'm trying to get at is the fact of it's easy mode that the the weapons do more damage they have but if sga if sgr knows that house of lords is going to be fielding clan they're going to field clan you don't you don't have to agree with me i'm just pointing that out i just but what i'm pointing out is that you're i think i feel like i don't disagree with the idea i think that's very i don't i don't want to use the word noble but you're not in a unit and you're not at this comp level individually you are and that's totally cool for you to make that you know statement as an individual but i don't think and, and like I said, I don't think it's a wrong statement, but I don't think at the top level, good luck getting an entire unit I, to agree I to that. I think you would be surprised, though. I bet you there's elements inside both units that would probably feel the same way, but they'll just go with, you know, what their unit's doing because that's, you know, the protocol. Okay, cool. We'll, we'll do it. But I guess that's what I'm trying to say is, like, I feel like any unit, uh, you know, that's really good. Is it really a challenge to play Timberwolves and Stormcrows? I would say no. If the not. other top t- level teams are, then yes. Because well, you're, I'm it's... saying, you know, prove it. This is hey, no, I, I did. I did say because yeah, I remember MechWarrior Four clans were severely imbalanced, and I remember playing uh, in a unit the Kelhounds, and they specifically would not play clans. It was always IS, and how they did it is you know they, obviously back then it was like league rules and stuff, but they would yeah, just pure text the, league rules, yeah. yeah, bidding system, and you would obviously bid in a way against the clans that would put you in a little bit more optimal scenario but there are ways but that's what i'm saying is right now and i'm going back to the topic is if all your rules are for community warfare is 240 tons per person and you can take whatever you want and there's not a a four by one instituted you're going to have three storm crows and a timberwolf or maybe somebody will take a hellbringer just so you know they can provide an ecm support heavy you're not going to have any clan lights (laughs) at all there's no point to even having them. You're, you're probably not even going to see IS lights. Uh, I mean, and that's what I'm... Is well, that keep in mind, though, that this is also... Goal? This is where everything stands right this moment. There's still going to be uh, quirk phase two. There's going to be a clan quirk. So, but I think no matter what all those are, ultimately, yes, if it stays like it is right now, there's going to be very limited options for drop decks on either side. And I think it's going to trickle down. And I guess this is why I'm hitting this so hard is the fact of... Your top teams right now are going to have a huge edge on everybody else. There eventually some teams are going to catch up and we're going to get more top comp teams out there. But what's going to happen is, is such and such Merc unit is going to drop against SGR, get totally wiped, go to the drawing board and said, well, can't beat them. This is what they're all doing. So let's join them. You know, and so maybe not join them as far as like clan, but it could be the tactics. You mean as Bondsman, lol? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. But I guess that's what I'm saying is, um, I, I do think IS will, from the attrition and just sort of global conflict, I think they're going to have more people to fly. So that's where I was saying last week is, even though, yes, you may hit a very good team, uh, clan team, that doesn't mean all the claners are going to be good. There's, uh, you know. So. Yeah, that's true. Can we talk about how great Merrick is going to be? Because I'm not going to have to put up with people's bullshit like that. <laughs> 
See, I do feel fine. It's interesting that you think that there's more inner sphere people because I'm, oh, you know, dude, I'm, I'm totally inner sphere, but I feel like I'm overwhelmed no, by clan no, people everywhere. Dude, there's, there's no people play clan max right now in the public queue um, that are IS, but for IS faction, dude, there's, there's a ton out there. Have you looked at the unit list, the unit list compiled? What was it? Yeah. Did it? Yeah. We there shall see. It's going to be. Nah, I was dude, pretty I... blown away by the number of inner sphere. Yeah, it's out there. But are they going to stay inner sphere when it? Yeah, when it yeah, dude. Out? Dude, you have you have units that have been together since yeah, Mech Warrior Two that yeah. are like Draconis combined, Karita, yeah. the Emperor is Lord. God, well, then this is good. Know. This is going to be totally exciting. I can't wait for all this to fucking come out so we can see how it plays. I mean, the, when we're looking at the map and seeing where who's taking what, this is this is it, man. Fucking finally, Purple Tide confirmed. Mm. I don't know. It's just like I said. Um, I'm looking at purely objectively as far as, uh, you know, what's going to be taken. Like, what is the counter to three Stormcrows and a Timberwolf, IS-wise? Like, is there a counter for it? And I, th- I guess that depends on, one, we haven't seen the maps. I think that's actually going to be another big uh, thing to uh, keep in mind. Um, a lot of units, especially the top-tier uh, units, they use aggressive behavior and aggressive play to push the enemy, use airstrikes and stuff. Well what are the maps going to be like and how is that going to affect the gameplay? Are you going to have, you know, if they're talking about gates that you have to open and stuff like that, is that going to stop the clans? You know, if you're the attacker or what if you're the defender, is it going to, you know what I'm saying? Like, is it going to change the flow of gameplay? And that's something that we, you know, we don't really know right now and we won't know. But the one thing I will say with all this is I do agree, Darren, it is a beta and things will be changing. But as Mm -hmm. of right now, um, I do see some issues, and I guess the community does have to speak up. But you know, it's always tough because there's people that didn't like the you know conquest change or not conquest uh, game option change, even though it may have been better for gameplay across the board. Uh, you know, people are speaking up against it. So you know, it's it's always one of those tough things of listening to community feedback, and then is that actually good for the game? You know, yep. in the player base, definitely so, more choice equals more consequence, and we got to live with those consequences if we want the more choice. Yep. All right, we're going to go ahead and move on to quick mentions. Uh, quick shout out to George Ledoux for his Inner Sphere Chronicles. If you haven't been listening to this, make sure to do so. Uh, give him your support, some love, maybe leave a comment. Uh, but I really like these things. He, he puts them out, you know, probably what, every two weeks, three weeks, somewhere Yeah, he was on a little break. He, uh, there's also the uh, Duncan Fisher uh, thing that he does. He does Inner Sphere Chronicles and Duncan Fisher Minute. So, yeah, and, and as well as some special stuff that he does around holiday seasons and so forth. You should totally check out his uh, SoundCloud page. Highly recommended. 10 out of 10. Yes. We also have the uh, Kanoyashi YouTube videos. Now, I want to point out, he's a super awesome guy. He does his overview of patches. He'll do, like, um, uh, strategic, you know, uh, gameplay information or, you know, tips and tricks and stuff like that. Uh, go over there and support him. I really like watching his videos. He gets them out usually very promptly uh, for you as well. But, um, yeah, so make sure to check him out. Here Another shout-out we got is the pixel mech art you guys know i like my mech porn and this is by alistar winter it's over at the official forums on the under the art section uh, you have to go through there's a ton of stuff there there's multiple people doing it now but he's the one who started it but there's some pixel mechs and you can go there and they're you know free of use and all that so you know as shout outs to him on that and um i i th- I've, i would love to see even more stuff i love sort of the retro style you know. Hey, can you cut and paste those into like mobile chat and shit, like texting people? What do you mean? Emoticons? Yeah, what, or whatever the fuck they call them. 
Yeah, can you cut and paste those into a? No, I think they're too. They're I think they're too big. I don't know. I don't uh. know. All right, we also have a new album from Animatronic. It's an armored combat expansion called Pirates of the Galaxy, and will be available in the NGNG store either today or tomorrow. So by the time you're listening to this, it should be over new there. music, and it is oh, good. Oh yeah, yeah, it it's is totally good. animatronic. All right, uh, and of course, we have the 2014 Warhammer t-shirts and the Marauder t-shirts still in stock, so if you'd like to grab one, make sure to get them before they run out. Um, just a note on t- uh, t-shirts and stuff like that, gear. Timberwolf gear is arriving on my doorstep tomorrow afternoon, so I will be doing my best to get as many as that I can Friday, if not Monday, but if you live in the U.S., you will be getting your stuff way before the holidays. Well, yeah. if I live in the Great White North. Uh, it's going to take like a year. But uh, this is the first time ever that we've done hoodies. I'm totally excited about that. Can't wait to get mine. So we're going to have leftover stock for the Timberwolf gear um, in our store. As soon as I do all the shipping of the orders, I'll put up the inventory. Keep in mind, we, we're going to have plenty of T-shirts uh, leftover, Warden and Crusader. Hoodies are going to go quick, though. I think we only ordered two of each um, because they do you know, cost a little bit more. And, of course, uh, I'm about to move, so I didn't want too much. Uh, to carry around as far as stock but uh anyways we will let you guys know so pay attention to our twitter and our facebook feeds because that's where we're going to be posting letting you know they're they're live so i know a lot of people are like dude what are these going to be here i want one um if there is a demand i will preface this if there is a demand for more hoodies um for either the timberwolf gear and or for future stuff we will consider it and uh, we'll put up a pre-order. So you guys, uh, and yeah, so I, I think there will be, I love hoodies. So, yeah. And as far as questions to other sizes, um, we're, we're limited by our manufacturer and basically we are ordering all the sizes from our manufacturer that sell. We do the pre-orders. So if there's, you know, something that where people uh, order other sizes that are outside of that, that are available to us and we would order them, but um, we can only keep so much, you know, stock. So, we're doing the best we can, but if we don't get a size that you are, that's only because we can't. And don't worry, I have questioned them many times about tall sizes, but that doesn't... Apparently that's a thing that doesn't exist in the States or something. I don't know. doesn't <laughs> affect us normal-sized people. I'm sorry that we're all genetically down bred trees. lumberjack race up here. <laughs> Moose. And of course, a big thank you to our community, our listeners, new and old, and our amazing staff and our sponsors. You guys are awesome. I just want to say thank you so much to all of our NGNG TV streamers. We do have a few new streamers coming your way very, very soon. So pay attention on that, and they'll be going live doing some quality mech porn for your entertainment. This was your local No Guts, No Galaxy MechWare podcast. Signing off for tonight, this is Phil. And this is Darren. This is Brandon, also known as Catrick Hell. And this is Tyler. Until next time, Mech Warriors. Don't forget to follow us on YouTube at No Guts No Galaxy TV, on Twitch at NGNG TV, on Facebook at No Guts No Galaxy Podcast, on Twitter at No Guts No Galaxy, on iTunes at No Guts No Galaxy, or via your favorite podcatcher with the RSS feed at feeds.feedburner.com forward slash NGNG.